Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. The Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, HSPA, invites you to log on, listen and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This Podcast. This is episode number 70. Thanks for joining me. I hope that you are doing well as always. Well, today on the show, we are looking at one of the fellowship papers submitted last year. Now, this paper was authored by Tony Thurman, and the topic is Developing an In-House Instrument Repair Department. It's a great paper, so stick around with me. But before we get into that, we have an announcement from our friends at AORN. If you work in sterile processing, you know the importance of preparation, collaboration, and strong leadership. Don't miss the chance to join others with the same mindset at OR Excellence 2022, the number one outpatient surgery conference in the world from September 29th to October 1st in Orlando, Florida. The conference gives leaders like you in both the ambulatory and hospital outpatient settings a unique opportunity to listen and learn from one another, build your network, and connect with vendors. You'll also find thought-provoking sessions covering infection prevention, leadership during tough times, and much more. Not looking to add stress to your life? OR Excellence is known for its relaxed, casual, and fun atmosphere geared towards making meaningful personal connections. The goal is to send you home refreshed, recharged, and ready to take on the next challenge. So register today at orexcellence.com. Again, that's orexcellence.com. All right, like I said earlier, we are looking at the fellowship paper by Tony Thurman titled Developing an In-House Instrument Repair Department. Now, you can find this complete article in the process March-April 2022 edition. Now, this uh, article has lots of tables and things that I will not be able to describe to you, so it might be beneficial for you to pick up the article uh, after this audio recording so that you can see those tables and see that information directly. I will try to explain the tables as much as I can through the article. So the fellowship paper starts with the sterile processing department is an important division of perioperative services. In most facilities, the sterile processing department is a non-income generating department, yet it can be one of the most expensive departments to manage. The cost of reprocessing instrumentation demands that cost-saving measures be taken 
without fear of decreasing the productivity, quality, and on-time availability. One of the buckets of cost for the sterile processing department is the repair and replacement of surgical instrumentation. Appropriate attention given to instrumentation should happen well before it hits the sinks in decontamination. According to a November 16, 2016 article in the Detroit News, FDA weighs rules for surgical instrument repairs. Instrument repair costs facilities well over $50 billion in 2015. Note, this is a combined cost regardless of whether repairs were made through the original equipment manufacturer or through a third-party vendor. There is continuing debate over whether to use the OEM, that original equipment manufacturer, or a third-party vendor repair service. And there is also the potential benefits and drawbacks for using each. Some OEMs maintain that they should be the only source for repairs of their products. However, many third-party service providers have been successful in demonstrating their services are dependable and an effective alternative in terms of cost, time, flexibility, and results. Next section about the organization. The organization is a nonprofit organization based in the Cincinnati, Ohio region and consists of the main facility, two ambulatory surgery centers, and another hospital north of the city. The main facility is a 555 bed facility that consists of two separate sterile processing departments, one for orthopedic and neurologic procedures in the joint and spine center tower, and one for the remaining services of cardiothoracic vascular plastics, gynecology, general robotic urology eyes, and ear, nose, and throat. At the main campus alone, there were 22,975 procedures performed in 2018 and 23,016 procedures in 2019. The ambulatory surgery department, each focused on ENT, plastics, and orthopedics, Combined, those departments averaged 4,021 procedures in 2018 and the average of 3,872 in 2019. The other hospital is a 10-bed facility designed more for outpatient and 23-hour stay procedures. In 2018, that facility performed 1,739 procedures and in 2019, it performed 1,698 procedures. Now, across all facilities combined, total procedures performed in 2018 was 28,735 and 28,586 were performed in 2019. You can find this all in Table 1 in this process magazine. The organization was mindful of the current annual expenditures of on-site instrument repairs refurbished by the contracted vendor. The average cost for repairs or refurbishment averaged $40,964 per month in 2015. These costs included inspecting, sharpening, cleaning, assuring functionality for the instrument trays, and maintaining the wall stock for extra instruments. Repairs to items such as cameras, endoscopes, power equipment, and specialized instrumentation 
taken off-site for repair were also included in the monthly cost. Additional contracts for most power equipment, cameras and endoscopes were managed under repair contracts with the OEM, with the focus being on the items added to their service contract. Expenditures for service contracts for equipment including sterilizers, cameras, endoscopes, power equipment, and instruments totaled $954,038. Next section, determining the need for in-house repair. The organization has an ambulatory surgery center off-site and another ASC, ambulatory surgery center, in the works. And at the time of the proposal in December of 2015, the organization had broken ground for an additional hospital 24 miles north of the main facility. With these additional locations, the anticipated repair costs would continue to increase budgeted expenses, expected to exceed $53,000 per month or $636,000 per year. Combined with the power, video, and other service contracts, this department was closing in on the $1 million mark for the ability to maintain instruments and equipment. In a search to reduce the combined expenditures, the sterile processing department looked for the greatest opportunity for savings. The focus was to realign cameras, endoscopes, and power equipment with their OEM contracts if allowed. It was determined that the repair refurbishment of instruments and trays was an area that would be critical for trimming cost. Looking at the cost of instruments and the tiers of repairs listed in the contract, it was believed that the costs were beginning to outweigh the productivity. The organization observed issues with its current repair vendor. The issues included pricing inconsistencies, having unfamiliar or inexperienced technicians on the mobile repair vehicle, and not meeting the contracted allotment of technicians available per day. There were also concerns that the facility was not gaining the full focus and was paying for services that were having to be corrected. The mobile repair technicians would average 24 trays per day for refurbishing, along with individual instruments for three days a week. Between the two facilities, the total number of trays the organization utilized at the time was 9,237. These issues had become unacceptable. A proposal was submitted to senior leadership to bring the surgical instrument repair to an in-house operation. The requirements would be to hire a master craftsman and one to two more technicians, determine a space within the facility, and the initial outlay of expenses for equipment and tools and repair inventory. The master craftsman would serve as the departmental manager. The proposal was approved by the perioperative director, legal team, risk management, and the senior vice president and chief operating officer. It was then determined to begin the process of appointing a contracted master craftsman and an apprentice, purchasing the equipment needed, and securing a location on site. The process began in February of 2016 with the hiring of the master craftsman, who was responsible for training the vendor repair team. 
The next hire was a technician who had been employed by the hospital for 11 years. It's important to note that they started off in the sterile processing as a technician, became certified, and later became a certified surgical technologist. He would serve as an apprentice under the manager and learn the skills necessary to repair instrumentation. The department's administrative assistant would assist with the record keeping, ordering, and sending out and receiving repairs. The annual spend would start with the salary of the two new hires and the prorated amount for the administrative assistant at $148,500. The initial layout for the needed equipment was $48,769 and the repair inventory cost were $14,352. This would be the initial cost to implement the project. Next section, building the repair department. To become an efficient service provider, the location of the repair room needs to be within close proximity of the sterile processing department. Our organization was able to secure a room within 100 feet of the department that had sufficient space for three members to work and enough space for the equipment to fit. The repair room would also need all of the equipment to allow the team to perform the same repair slash refurbishment tasks that were done on a service truck and much more. The equipment purchased included workbenches, stools, a sanding machine, sandblasting machine, buffer polisher, boroscope, magnifiers, drill press, tabletop ultrasonics, welding machine, and an array of tools designed for micro repair. The repair team is located adjacent to the sterile processing department and has the responsibility for maintaining the instruments from the uh, ambulatory surgery centers and the new 12-bed hospital. Using the instrument tracking system, the team can identify trays ready for refurbishment and arrange for the trays to be pulled and delivered to the repair room via the organization's courier team. Trays are picked up early in the morning and back to the facility by mid-afternoon. Communication has been fine-tuned between the team and the users as well as the courier. The instrument repair room was equipped with items necessary to provide a safe environment for the workers. This setup included two fire extinguishers, spill kits, and high-efficiency air particulate HEPA-filtered vacuums attached to machines and individually. For safety, personal protective equipment is always required when entering a room. An emergency eyewash station is in place as required by OSHA, along with medical first aid equipment. The room became stocked with an array of replacement parts for instrument repair ranging from various sizes of screws, springs, tungsten carbide inserts, scissor inserts, and other parts and components that will complete the instrument and make it whole. Replacement parts were purchased for some of the vendors that manufacture the instruments or vendors that supply third-party repair companies. All replacement parts were German-made and designed with compatible metals. Note, as stated in ANSI AMI ST79-2017, facilities should have a process in place to identify instruments in need of repair, maintenance, and removal from service. 
Instrument damage is often due to care and handling issues. For patient safety and successful surgical outcomes, instruments should be clean and free of bowel burden, well-functioning, and dependable. While there is no standard in place for most instrument repairs, except the manufacturer's instructions for use, most vendors have adopted the ISO 13485 2016 guideline. Inspection for all instrumentation is expected at each point of the decontamination and preparation process in sterile processing. Properly maintained instruments can give the instrument a long life of performance, while poor handling and inspection techniques can jeopardize safety and outcomes. Now our next section is the quality assurance and record keeping. Logistical planning added to the success of the organization's in-house repair program. The facility utilizes an instrument tracking system to manage instrument flow and documentation. The repair team utilizes the tracking system to determine their plan for the day and prioritizes it for them. By establishing several intervals, the tray must be serviced by the team that knows how many times a tray has been used and when it is ready to be refurbished. Previously, the vendor would show up in the morning and go and retrieve trays identified as having issues or identified as a high-use tray that may require service. The tray would be a sterile tray from the shelf. It may not be known if the tray may be needed or if extra trays remained to use should the operating room call for one. With the tracking system, it makes it possible to forecast the availability of trays as well as have staff set aside trays in need and refurbish them before they are processed. This presents a time-saving effort, helps prevent additional wear on the instruments, and helps the organization increase the number of trays to be refurbished. As previously stated, the vendor could produce an average of 24 trays per day, whereas the in-house repair facility, the initial average of trays refurbished was 39 trays per day. The proximity of the room to the sterile processing department and the operating room has proven to be beneficial. Quality assurance monitoring of trays is performed when sterilized trays are opened to verify correct instrumentation, proper alignment, visible integrators, cleanliness, and proper tip protection. This was recorded on-site and recorded in the tracking system's QA section. This information is then shared with the technician upon logging onto the system. Areas of improvement or thanks for doing a great job are acknowledged upon their login. The team keeps record of repairs and not only enters them into the tracking system, but they are also kept in a spreadsheet to monitor trends, particular instrumentation, as well as trays with surgeon complaints. Trays are monitored and serviced in intervals determined by the amount of use, the procedure, and the complexity of the tray. This documentation is kept by identifying instrument manufacturers and trends of issues with each. These records become useful when making a case against or for a particular vendor. The repair team can show companies with the least effects, companies that are easier to repair, and the best cost for repair. This is also effective during instrument trials. As important as documenting the cleaning and sterilization process, so is the process of repairs 
of instruments. Trays and instruments were reviewed by the team to seek trends of repairs and items were identified and addressed. For example, delicate tissue forceps were found to be spread open more on a particular surgeon's tray. And upon investigation, it was determined that the nesting of the forceps by hanging them over the edge of the tray created a spreading effect as well as broken tips. This was demonstrated and explained to the operating room staff to show how damage can happen with this practice. Now the next section is beyond instrument repairs. Instruments are not the only item where the team has focused its attention. The facility has 70% of its trays containerized. Each time a tray is refurbished, the container is inspected and checked for quality. The seals are checked to assure no leakage and the trays are inspected for container damage and bent areas on the lid. The handles are inspected and the latches are lubed and checked for issues. Another focus of the team has been the case carts. Currently, there are 134 case carts in use. It was identified that the wheels will have buildup of hair, suture, and debris inside the axle portion of the wheel. Twice a year or as needed, the team takes the carts and removes the wheels, cleans them, and removes any debris found. This process enhances the longevity of this capital investment. As mentioned in ANSI Amy ST79 2013, it is important to inspect newly purchased instrumentation before putting it into use. The repair team inspects each new instrument and assures there was no damage during shipping to ensure the instrument was received in its best condition for use. When situations arise where items are identified upon receipt as not being finished, with joints not properly aligning and needle holders inserts having epoxy on the edges of them, for example, the items are returned for credit. Next section, managing repair contracts. The repair team also manages repairs sent out to contracted vendors with established contracts. Again, documentation is kept on the complaint and the departing instrument and equipment failure with a time, date, and established expense. The team inspects the endoscope, for example, and identifies the issue and reports it. Once returned, the instrument or equipment is inspected prior to being released back into service. Items not deemed serviceable will not be accepted. Instead, they are returned and then documented. The manager of the repair team meets often with the repair vendors to monitor the use of contracts and to ensure both parties are adhering to the written contracts. The information gathered is shared with the vendor in preparation of upcoming renewal of the contract. Two vendors identified and acknowledged an improvement of the number of repairs from previous years, which resulted in a decrease in the contract amount. Vendors have expressed the positive outcomes and have been complimentary of the efforts given by the team. There is a trust that their products are being handled correctly and precisely. Next section is troubleshooting daily issues. One example of how this service team has demonstrated the repair team's diligence, skills, and competencies as when the OR team 
struggled with a new adapter for the light cord to a new light source. The adapter was becoming stuck on the cord and difficult to apply or remove. The manager identified a batch of adapters that was slightly off in the threading which resulted in a recall replacement of the adapter. The manager worked closely with the local rep as well as the vendor engineers to identify the issue of incorrect threading with the adapters in a certain lot number. The vendor rep wanted to work with the manager to see how he was able to troubleshoot so he could identify the challenges when working in the operating room. Another challenge involved a surgeon using incorrect scissors for cutting suture and tubing during cardiovascular surgery. The surgeon complained regularly about the Metzenbaum scissors always being dull after one or two uses, and the team would sharpen them after each complaint. The manager spoke with the surgeon and asked to observe a procedure to see how the scissors were being used. Upon observation, he noticed that the Metzenbaum scissors were being used for cutting suture and the tips of the tubing. After the procedure, the manager researched and found a heavier Mayo scissor designed for that purpose. Upon being shown the wear on the more delicate Metzenbaum scissors, the surgeon understood his impact and agreed to use the Mayo scissor. This was a surgeon's satisfier as well as a savings on the repeated sharpening of the more delicate scissor. Next section is documentation. Proper and precise documentation of the instruments and their repairs have been instrumental to narrowing down damage to the scope of power equipment to the surgeon and staff involved. Reports are generated with the vendor to identify surgeons who have increased repair needs. The chief of surgery reviews these reports and discusses with the specialty teams the challenges and repairs involved. There have been a few situations where the vendor will bring in an engineer from the manufacturer to observe the surgical process and determine if there are care and handling issues or additional environmental or diagnostic equipment interference. An example was when one of the urologists had an increase in damage endoscopes when used with a laser. The team along with the engineer provided suggestions to the surgeon and the team while using scopes and the laser. This resulted in a 67% reduction in damage to the endoscopes for this procedure type. Staff Training and Education Education of the sterile processing staff has been one of the most rewarding aspects of this venture. Staff are given regular in-services, training and competency sign-offs by the educators and the repair team. This allows frontline technicians the knowledge to identify the early stages of wear and allows it to be addressed quickly. Sterile processing staff are given opportunities to go into the repair room and observe the inspection repair processes. This has proven beneficial in the technician's ability to seek out instruments that need to be addressed. Often a technician is assigned to the room to help transport trays to and from the department. The experience earned in the repair room has made for more diligent technician focus on issues such as sterilization containers and the condition of case cards from the operating room. 
Now the next section in this fellowship paper is point of use treatment monitoring. One of the reports generated from decontamination to the operating room is whether the trays have been pre-treated at the point of use. If the tray has been pre-treated, it is marked as such. If not, it is marked as not addressed. The repair team compares these results and can often match up trays identified as being high maintenance and identified some examples for the operating room staff to see. Reports are given during huddles in the operating room and to the section chief to help focus on better care and handling of the instruments. It was identified that cardiovascular trays delivered to decontamination were neither stored properly nor addressed with proper point-of-use treatment. This ability to track instruments to the team or team member help identify issues quickly and help prevent further damage to the instruments. Next section, identifying items beyond repair. Instruments beyond repair are often saved by the organization and used as examples of what the technician should look for in an ineffective, malfunctioning instrument. Instruments beyond repair can also be opened. For example, a robotic instrument designed for 10 sterilization cycles was opened to check for bio-burden beyond what the technician can see to clean and found to be sealed very securely. This is another example of searching for effective new ways to help teach best practices. Technicians are trained routinely on the inspection points of the instrumentation and the containers used. A process of replacing an item with wall stock and placing the damaged broken instrument into the repair bin was established and used routinely by the organization. The instruments on the wall stock are reviewed twice a year with instruments beyond repair removed. The operating room staff were given semi-annual in-services by the repair team to use proper care and handling of instruments in the return of instrumentation to decontamination and reminded of the importance of immediate point-of-use treatment. The next section is tray standardization. Another focus of the team has been to work with the operating room staff to standardize specific trays to reduce the number of instruments opened but not used. Previous studies have demonstrated instrument maintenance and sterilization cost approximately between 51 cents to 77 cents per instrument and found that only 13 to 21 percent of the instruments opened are actually used. This was demonstrated by a published paper in the Journal of Pediatric Urologists by Dr. Nast and Dr. Swords in 2019 titled Decreasing Operating Room Cost with the Reduction of Surgical Instruments. Identifying high-use trays and seeking to see the usage of the instruments in the trays could be reduced as a strong focus and requires a buy-in from all involved. One example is a robotic hernia repair. The robotic instrument tray, 43 instruments, and the laparoscopic tray, 62 instruments, were both opened with only two instruments from the laparoscopic tray routinely used. The consensus was to build a tray designed for robotic hernia procedures, which resulted in one tray with 37 instruments. 
Using the example in the study by Dr. Nast and Dr. Sword, the study, the cost was reduced from $53.55 containerized to $80.85 sterilized separately to $18.87 containerized to $28.49 sterilized separately with an average of 36% of the instruments used before the standardization. Using this same example, there is a reduction of use of the laparoscopic tray and the repair team's time and efforts on the 68 instruments, if continued in this manner. In 2018, there were 513 robotic hernia procedures performed using the newly standardized tray, resulting in a savings of $10,854.84 since the trays containerized. Our orthopedic team had nine different surgeon specialty trays for both their total knees and total hips, with most of the items contained being common instruments. The team again worked with the OR staff, surgeons, and instrument specialists to combine and make total knee trays and total hip trays that were not titled for specific surgeons. Surgeons had specialized instruments placed in smaller containers and identified for their needs. The benefit here allowed the team to develop more knee and hip trays, eliminating the need to turn over trays due to availability of the specialized tray. This reduced the number of surgeon knee specials from 53 trays to 38 trays and surgeon hip specials from 42 trays to 32 trays. Eliminating 25 trays in one project eliminates the need for processing the number of trays to refurbish. Special trays for surgeons that had left the organization or retired were identified and removed from service. Increased service and savings. The in-house repair team has increased its ability to service trays and instruments over the past three years since. The team averaged 42 to 43 trays per day. The team was able to address more trays during the pandemic in 2020 because the trays were readily available due to emergent surgeries being the only procedures performed at the time. And it allowed the team to work during the slower scheduled days. The number of trays service has increased each year with 2020 shutting down the ASC and the North facility. Each year there has been a 3% increase in salaries, except 2020 where there was a 1.5%. The initial equipment cost and repair inventory have only shown a need for additional minor equipment and additional repair inventories respectfully. The monthly spend versus the last year of contracted third-party contracted spend shows an average of $17,303 savings per month and an average of $207,645 per year and $1,038,228 savings over the five years of operation. Identified success. Now here's where you need to look at a table if you have access. As can be seen in Table 5, the organization has enjoyed consistent savings each year. These savings and benefits go well beyond the dollars saved from the previous process. 
There is now improved collaboration and communication between sterile processing and the operating room and a willingness to partner on projects pertaining to instrumentation and related processes. The relationship with surgeons who did not know sterile processing staff well previously has also improved and they now know the department and team that takes care of their instruments. Utilizing our instrument tracking system along with our OR management system, this led to improved communication between the sterile processing department and the surgeons and the other operating room staff about trays that would be the focus of the day. This allowed the management team to determine the times best suited for tray availability and to plan staff accordingly. We knew that our staff members were available for educational offerings and the service teams planned frequent opportunities for both teams. There was also improved communication regarding team projects that were in the works, such as the standardization of trays and input was solicited from all staff members in the sterile processing department and operating room. Allowing the sterile processing department team to be a part of the standardization was vital to allowing them to be part of the solution and to show the benefits for both teams. Additionally, the sterile processing technicians are becoming better educated on the care and handling of instrumentation. They learn more than just the name of the instruments. They learn how each instrument is used and what to look for regarding defects and areas of concern. The technicians appreciate the acknowledgement and positive feedback when their trades are open and everything is satisfactory. And they also appreciate learning where improvements can be made. Such as tray errors have been reduced tremendously by the technicians being more diligent and focused on their instrumentation. They have been shown and understand the focus points and the areas that can be difficult to assure cleanliness and proper function. In conclusion of this fellowship paper, expanding the sterile processing department to include a dedicated repair team within the department has been a great experience of growth and development amongst the organization's team and individual staff members. While it should be noted that having an in-house repair room in every sterile processing department is not possible and may not make good financial sense, the benefits can be great for facilities and organizations with heavy case volumes and large inventories. The benefits are more than financial savings. There are many opportunities to be more productive and better meet the needs of the department. Also worthy noting, some organizations may not experience challenges with their third-party vendors. There are many reputable and reliable companies that do a great job with their customers and patients in mind. Looking at unique opportunities such as developing an in-house instrument repair department, this organization proved successful at reducing instrument repair costs and ensuring instruments function optimally. Education of the technicians has grown savings has been realized, and most of all, patients are receiving the best instruments for their procedures. With patient safety being the ultimate focus of sterile processing, our organization discovered this in-house repair project aligns perfectly to promote patient safety, customer satisfaction, and contributes to the best possible patient outcomes. So great article, and that's going to do it for this fellowship paper. You know, I suggest if you're looking into a repair program or something that you pick up this paper, a copy of this 
process. Again, it's in the March, April 2022 edition. Great information to kind of guide you on your process if you're considering an in-house repair program. Well, we are out of time. Again, Tony, thank you for your hard work that you put into this fellowship paper. HSPA episode number 70 is in the books. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to check out OR Excellence 2022 conference at orexcellence.com. Again, that's orexcellence.com. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, log into the MyHSPA website, and make sure to use the code REPAIR. Again, the code for this episode is REPAIR. Remember, keep an ear out for the next episode always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. And as always, stay classy, and we'll see you next time. Music